morning, we're kind of at a crossroads here because we really have the option to either move forward and start the Ten Commandments, like actually like dive in one by one, or we can catch our breaths and review a little bit. And you might be thinking to yourself, well, last, or uh, yeah, was it last week? Last, last week we did a review game. So didn't we just review everything? Like, what's the point? Well, there's only so much you can really glean from a review game. Um, review games by nature are just very uh, disorganized and discombobulated. So uh, we need to take some time to review everything because, well, when I was going through the review game last week, I began to notice some of you guys actually knew more than I thought you did. And some of you did not know as much as I thought you did. So I think this is a good time to review and, uh, and to actually just kind of bring everything together. And so, uh, so really, what we're going to do is starting next week, we're going to dive headfirst in the Ten Commandments one by one. And once we move into the Ten Commandments, uh, there's really no turning back. And so we've got to review right now. This is, this is really the only time we can do this. So... So I want to do three things for you guys this morning, okay? Uh, number one, I want to map out where we're headed. I want to kind of give you an idea, like, what's going to happen over the next couple of months. Number two, I want to summarize what we've learned. And number three, I kind of want to synthesize what we've learned or just put it all together for you. So, so first of all, let's, let's uh, see where we're headed, okay? Let's map it out. <laughs> yes. The infamous map app. Uh, anytime you guys go on a long trip to a, like a place you've never been before, uh, you need a map, right? You got to have a map. So um, nowadays, you can just pull up this map app, and you find your destination instantaneously, right? Uh, maps are helpful not just because they get you to your destination, but because they tell you everything that's in between. Like, for example, if you need to know, like, hey, where's the nearest Starbucks? A map, particularly on a, a map app, can tell you that, right? Uh, or if you need to know like, if there's traffic, if you need to reroute, or if you need to know like, where the nearest gas station is. Uh, it, maps tell you kind of everything in between. So maps don't just tell you where your destination is. They tell you everything else that's on the map, everything else that's going to happen up to the point to where you get to your destination. And that's what I want to do for a moment right now with you. I want to kind of tell you what we're going to be doing over the next couple of weeks and months. So here's how this is going to work. Over the next many weeks, we're going to walk commandment by commandment through the Ten Commandments, okay? And each commandment is going to take two sermons to cover, two sermons. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, is there enough information to cover, like to take one commandment for two sermons? Yes, there is. In fact, I could probably spend 10 sermons on each commandment. Like, it's just, it's crazy, okay? But here's what we're going to do. One sermon is going to be on the, the uh, is going to be focused on the Old Testament. What does the commandment mean in the Old Testament? So, for example, uh, what does it mean, you shall have no other gods before me? We're going to take one sermon just to look at that. Uh, what does it mean, you shall not take the Lord's name in vain? We're going to take another sermon just to look at that. What does it mean you shall, you shall not bear false witness? We're going to take yet another sermon just to look at that, okay? And we'll do that for all the ten. And it's important to know what each commandment meant then so that we can understand what it means now, 
Okay, so that's kind of the strategy here. The second sermon uh, is going to look at each commandment in the New Testament. Okay, you can actually find each of the Ten Commandments replicated in the ten, in the in the New Testament, and they aren't lined up for us all nice and pretty like they are in the Old Testament, uh, but they are there and they're scattered everywhere. Uh, they're peppered everywhere, and, and that's because the New Testament is very dependent on the Ten Commandments. I don't know if you realize that, but, they, but it's true. Uh, the Christian life relies heavily on the Ten Commandments. Uh, and so when we study each commandment in the New Testament, we're trying to answer the question, what does the Ten Commandments mean for us today? So like, for example, you know, what does it mean for us today not to make an idol or to make a graven image? What does it mean for us today to keep the Sabbath holy? What does it mean for us today to honor our fathers and mothers? That one's probably not too far of a stretch to understand, but we're still going to look at that. So, so and again, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do all of that. We'll do this for all Ten Commandments. Uh, so there's going to be one sermon for an Old Testament, uh, for the Old Testament, and one sermon for the New Testament. And we'll just go back and forth and back and forth on those. So, the first, so next week is going to be the first commandment in the Old Testament. And the following week is going to be the first commandment in the New Testament. And then the next week is going to be the second commandment in the Old Testament, and then second commandment in the New Testament, and so on and so forth. So this is going to get very repetitious, very repetitious. In fact, you're probably, probably going to get a little bored, okay? You're going to get a little bored. By the 10th commandment, you should be able to tell me what I'm going to say even before I say it, okay? That's kind of the idea here. If you do that, I've done my job. I've done my job. Uh, because this is the Ten Commandments. It's the foundation of life. It should be ingrained in your soul. It should be like knitted through the fabric of your aorta, of your heart, or something like that, okay? So like that's kind of the idea here. Um, and not just what the Ten Commandments are, right? Not just what they are, but also how they work and how you should live them out, okay? So I hope you guys know what they are, right? You guys know the Ten Commandments in order? You should know them by now, right? Right. All right, so really quickly, I want, you're shaking your heads yes, but I don't believe you. So uh, I want to volunteer. Someone tell me Ten Commandments. Grace, like, I know them. No, Grace, I'm going to save you just for something else in just a second, okay? So hold that thought. Evan, well, Evan, you do everything, so. <laughs> Joel, all right, Joel, fine, right, go, go for it. Ten Commandments in order. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, that's fine. You can use hand motions. It's not, it's not cheating. Excellent. Very good. That was pretty smooth, too. Yeah, that's right. Now, I was talking with Grace a couple of weeks ago, and she actually did them backwards for me. I was like, that's crazy. Can you do them backwards? Yeah, yeah. Do them backwards. Um, <laughs> don't take the Lord your God's name in vain, and 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good, very good. That's awesome. So now you guys know them backwards and forwards. So that's awesome. So hopefully you guys know what the Ten Commandments are, as you know, some of you guys obviously are showing me here. Uh, but also you need to know how they work, what they're about. Like what's the point of them? Like I should be able to wake you up at 3 a.m. and ask you what's the purpose of the first commandment? And then you rattle off to me something like, it's meant to broadcast that there's only one God and that he's supreme. And I communicate that best when I obey my parents or my teachers or the elders in my church because it proclaims that God is the one and only true God since the beginning of creation. Stuff like that. So like you should like be able to like rattle all this stuff off. Okay? So that should be knit into your soul. Okay? And there's, but here's the, here's the thing, though. There's more to this, okay? There's more to this. It's not just that we're going to tackle this from the Old Testament and the New Testament. Uh, I'm also going to plug each of the three purposes of the Ten Commandments into each and every commandment. Okay, we talked about three purposes, right? Over couple, about three weeks period of time. So do you guys remember what the three purposes of the Ten Commandments are? See, this is going to be a little bit more challenging. So we've learned the Ten Commandments, what they are with our hand motions, but the purpose of the Ten Commandments might be a little bit more tricky. Does anyone remember one purpose? Now, that's not quite, that's, that, you're thinking about the background. That was just the background. So that's good, but that's, uh, and I'm glad you, uh, you remember the tour guide. So that's why I use that illustration, because I need you to remember it. So you specifically. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, anyone remember a purpose? Yeah? To be a foundation for Nope. Yeah. Okay. See, that's why, that's, that's why we got to review this, right? So, uh, you, know, you know one of them? Okay. Yeah, very good. That's probably the easiest one, which it's, it's just nice and simple. To broadcast who God is and what he's all about. That's purpose number one. Number two is to show your love for God by your love for others. And number three, it's to shine as a beacon of hope in a fallen world, okay? Those are the three purposes that we looked at. This is very important. This is very important. Each commandment intersects with each purpose, and you need to know how each of them does. For example, there's a way that don't murder relates to broadcasting who God is and what he's all about. There's a way it does that. There's a way that don't steal relates to showing your love for God by your love for others. And there's a way that don't commit adultery shines as a beacon of hope in a fallen world. That's how it all works. All the Ten Commandments relate to all three purposes. So you have to know what those are. And I know I'm pushing you to the limit here a little bit in terms of you know, trying to make you guys understand all these things, but I want you guys to be the best stinking youth group ever, okay? I want you to be the best. And it begins here. It begins here. It begins with understanding the Ten Commandments because they're, they're, they're the foundation. They're the foundation of the Christian life. And, and we're going to see exactly why that is kind of as we move through and start working through the commandments. But, but that's, the, that's the truth, okay? 
So that's where we're headed. That's where we're headed. That's the roadmap here. And as you can see, what we've covered so far is going to come into play from here on out. So we need to know especially those three purposes. So you have to know it, okay? You have to know it. And which is why we're going to take a moment now and summarize what we've learned. So there have been six sermons on the Ten Commandments so far, three introductory, three on the purposes, okay? And I don't think I need to review the introductory sermons. Those were just about like the myths of the Ten Commandments, you know, the benefits, the orientation, which is like the tour guide and, you know, like the safety inspector and what was the other one I used? Uh, operator. The op, yeah, was it? Yeah. Operator. The right operator? Yeah. Okay. That doesn't sound right to me, but okay. We'll, we'll go with that. Oh, supervisor, supervisor, yeah, yeah. I was like, that doesn't sound right to me. So yeah, but which has to do with constitution, covenant, and uh, sermon. So uh, those are not as important. Those are not as important, but the purposes are important. And so I want to walk through those purposes. So number one, the Ten Commandments are meant to broadcast who God is and what he's all about, okay? To broadcast who he is and what he's all about. Each of the Ten Commandments communicates something about God. Uh, at their core, that's what they're designed to do. And again, the Ten Commandments are not just a bunch of rules. They're not. If that's how you see Christianity, uh, you're horribly mistaken here. Uh, Christianity from the very beginning has never been about following a bunch of strict rules. It's always been about showing God off. That's always what it's been about. And when you're finished kind of writing down uh, this first point here, uh, turn over to Deuteronomy chapter 5. And we're going to look at verse 6. Deuteronomy 5, verse 6. Mason, are you there? Yeah. Do you want to read? Can you read that? Just the verse 6 is very short. You want to read it loud for us? Awesome. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. What's God saying there? I own you, Israel. I own you. And the question is, well, why? Why, God? Why do you own us? Because he says here, I saved you. I delivered you from Egypt. That's why I own you. In other words, it's not that Israel was freed from Egypt and now they're free to do whatever they want. God freed them. They just switched masters. That's, how, that, that's what it's talking about here. This is the first verse that introduces the Ten Commandments. Look at verse 7. Where this new shall know the gods before me. So this is the first verse that introduces the Ten Commandments, and that's very important to understand. What are the Ten Commandments about? They're about proclaiming this is our master. This is who owns us. Okay? And so... That's, that's kind of the idea here. We champion God because we're owned by God. And the question is, well, how are Christians owned by God? Because we weren't delivered from Egypt. You know, were we there when God, like, parted the Red Sea and stuff like that and, you know, brought us out of, we weren't there. You and I, we're not Israelites, we're not Jews. So, but here's the thing. Has God saved us 
Yes. How has he saved us? What do you think? How, how has God saved us today? Come on. It's not rocket science. This is like the, this is like the preschool answer. Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, very good. There you go. Jesus saved us, right? Jesus died on the cross to save us from our sins. We're free from sin to live as slaves of God. That's who we are. New Testament is packed full of, of, of all that kind of stuff. So that's, that's the way it is. Uh, 1 Peter 1.18 says, you were redeemed or you were purchased by the blood of Christ, the precious blood. And 1 Peter 2.16 says, act as free men, but don't use your freedom as a covering for evil, but act as slaves of God. So we've been saved too. God owns us. And so we have commandments that we are obligated to do and to proclaim this is who God is. Okay? So that's kind of the idea behind this here. Um, and before you think that it sounds cruel for God to make you his slave, because that might sound a little bit cruel, uh, think about this for a moment. Everyone is enslaved to something. Everyone. Every single person in this room is enslaved to something. It's not a question of what are you in, uh, if you are enslaved or not, but who are you enslaved to? Who's your master? Who's your master? Uh, for the non-Christian, you're enslaved to sin. You're enslaved to sin. You're not enslaved to Christ. And so that is your master, which can actually be very, very frustrating. Very, very frustrating. And so everyone is, everyone is enslaved to something. And to be a slave of God is actually the most freeing and relieving thing that you can ever experience. Uh, you were designed to worship God. You were designed to worship God. And so when you worship God and broadcast him, that's the greatest joy you can find. Okay? And so we, we walk through the Ten Commandments. Uh, each one, how does it proclaim uh, something about God? You know, God is highest. God is never lower. God is taken seriously. Uh, I'm going to move past this slide quickly, so if you're taking notes, sorry. Um, but hopefully you still have them somewhere. And if not, I can get them to you afterwards. But, but that's, that's kind of the these, are the, these are what we call the theological principles that come from each commandment. This is what it's communicating about God. You know, we have God values life, God values relationship, ownership, justice, contentment, things like that. So, so these are the ten uh, commandments relating to how do we pro project and broadcast who God is and what it's all about. But number two, uh, the Ten Commandments are meant to show your love for God by your love for others, okay? Show your love for God by your love for others. And we know this because there's this kind of, um, there's this hidden structure in the Ten Commandments. Uh, you guys remember we talked about this hidden structure um, it's like a structure within a structure. It's actually kind of like the movie Inception. Um, have you guys, anyone seen Inception before? Okay, a few of you, yeah. It's like a dream within a dream, okay? So only four of you will understand that, but that's okay. Uh, but there's a structure within a structure. And here is kind of the idea, okay? Where we're used to thinking about the Ten Commandments, you know, just kind of in their order kind of in their, you know, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 order, kind of like this. 
Okay? That's how we're used to think about Ten Commandments. Okay? But, but there's a different way you can look at it. There's another structure hidden within this structure. And while we're used to seeing it this way, we also know that the Ten Commandments can be broken up into two parts. Okay? The first four commandments and the last six commandments. The first four have to do with your relationship with God. Your relationship with God. How you relate to God. The second half has to do with how you relate to others. Okay? And this isn't rocket science. I didn't make this up. Like everyone knows this, like who's like a Bible scholar and a nerd and stuff like that, okay? They can see this, okay? But what we begin to find out is that while that is true, you begin to realize that some commands in one half partner up with other commands from the other half, okay? And so, like, you know, what, what is that talking about? Well, in other words, some commandments in one half have more in common with other commandments in the other half. So, for example, the first commandment is, you shall have no other gods before me. You, sh- you shall have no other gods before me. The fifth commandment is what? What's the fifth commandment? Honor your father and mother. Those have something in common. What do they have in common? Uh, that, everything has relationship in common in one sense, but you shall have no other gods before me. Honor your father and mother. What's in common there? Come on. Authority, yeah. Who's, who's your authority, right? So that's what they have in common. And so certain commandments actually relate to other commandments. And what we find is that the structure gets a little bit contorted like this, okay? And, and so what happens is the first and second commandments pair up with the fifth commandment from the other side. And the third commandment pairs up with the sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth commandments from the other side. And the fourth commandment with the tenth commandment, okay? They go together because they have something in common, okay? The first and second commandments have to do with God's authority. God is the ultimate authority in this world and over your life. Well, the fifth commandment has to do with human authority, a very similar idea. Parents are your God-given authority in this world. Now, what's the idea here? Why are these, why are these designed to be paired up? Because here's the idea. What's the best way that you can show that you value God as your ultimate authority? Honoring your parents. Honoring your parents. It's a very tangible, vivid, uh, illustrious way that you can show, I value God's authority in this world, is by honoring my parents, obeying them. And so it's simple, and yet it's brilliant. And it turns people's heads and makes them wonder, wow, This person's different. Why are they so different? And you tell them, because I prize God as Lord and Master over my life. That's how this works, okay? The third commandment has to do with treating your relationship with God respectfully. If you think he's the the ultimate authority in this world, you're going to treat him that way, and you're going to treat him respectfully. Well, six, seven, eight, and nine which is like don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't bear false witness. All those have to do with the way you treat people, right? So how you treat God, how you treat people. What's the best way you can show that you care about your relationship with God? Treat your relationships with others respectfully. Treat them respectfully. 
Don't murder, which means prize life. Don't commit adultery, which means protect personal intimate relationships the way God designed them. Don't steal, which means respect the rights of others. Don't bear false witness, which means cherish justice and don't pervert it for your own agenda. And again, people wonder, why is this person so different? And you tell them, I treasure my relationship with God, and so I'm going to treasure my relationship with others. The fourth commandment has to do with the fact that God owns everything. He owns everything. Uh, keep the Sabbath holy means that God organizes all of time. And if he organizes all of time, he owns everything in this world. And so the 10th commandment reflects that with the, with the idea of human ownership. Don't covet what other people own. People own stuff, and you want to respect that. So what's the best way you can show that you care about God's ownership over everything? Well, respect the rights of others. Don't covet. You refuse to be jealous of, you know, that girl's popularity or that guy's sports car, that, you know, that kind of stuff. Everything is owned by God, and so God has the right to give it to whomever he wishes. So we seek contentment. We seek contentment in all of our relationships. And again, people are like, wow, that's different. Why? Because I want to proclaim that I know that God owns everything, and I respect that. So the Ten Commandments are meant to show, number two, your love for God by your love for others. Number three, the Ten Commandments are meant to shine as a beacon of hope in a fallen world. Okay? And this is the one I addressed in my last message, and I think this one might be the most confusing and most difficult to understand, but, but I don't think it's that bad. I don't think it's that bad. Oops, I forgot to change the slide over. Sorry. I don't think it's actually that difficult. What does it mean that the Ten Commandments shine as a beacon of hope in our fallen world? How does obedience to a list of rules actually give people hope? So what's that talking about? Well, we talked about Genesis 1 through 3 before, uh, last time. And we walked through how God made the world and sin messed everything up. The Ten Commandments not only point us out, point out to us who God is and what he's all about, they also point us backward to the creation story. In other words, each and every commandment arose out of the, out of the creation story. That's where they came from. The Ten Commandments are a reaction to the fall in this world. Like every commandment actually links back to something in the fall. So for example, don't murder. Where did that come from? That came from the idea of the tree of life. That the tree of life was, was actually taken away and now death is in this world. Death reigns. And so what people, what the Israelites are doing when they say we don't murder is we're saying we cherish life the way it was intended to be cherished from the very beginning. We value this tree of life, this symbol that God loves life. We cherish that, and we know that God has a plan to bring all of creation back to that beautiful and perfect moment where life is going to reign supreme forever, eternal life. That's what the Ten Commandments do. They point people back to creation to show that God hasn't lost creation. 
He hasn't lost it. He, he's not losing just because there's sin in this world, just because uh, the curse is wrecking havoc on everything. God actually has a plan to save humanity and to s- restore everything. That's the idea here, okay? And so the Ten Commandments are really this kind of a visual cue that the world, uh, that really God's not done with the world. He's not done with it. And so there's hope for change. There's hope for change. And listen to this. Keep this in mind. The key to this, the hope, is not the Ten Commandments themselves. That's not the hope. The hope is not, well, if I just do the Ten Commandments, God's going to save me and restore everything. Nope, that's not the way it works. The Ten Commandments point you to the hope. They point you to the hope. And we know that hope as a person, and that person is Jesus Christ, okay? And it's like, well, how does that work? How do the Ten Commandments do that, right? Because it's like, that doesn't make any sense. They do, and we'll talk about that, okay? We haven't gotten there yet, but we'll get there. So the Ten Commandments are meant to shine as a beacon of hope in a fallen world. But the last thing I want to do for you this, uh, this morning is synthesize these three purposes together, okay? Right now, they're just kind of like out in their own little worlds, but they work best when they go together, when they work together. And the best way I know how to explain this is to give you one-word definitions of each one, okay? One-word definitions. And you can think of the three purposes this way, um, really with three M's, okay? Three M's. You've heard of M&M candy? Well, this is M&M and M, okay? So uh, three M's. We've got mission, method, and motivation, okay? Mission, method, and motivation, all right? And I'll explain what we mean here. Mission, method, and motivation. Mission relates to the first, um, uh, to the first purpose. Method relates to the second purpose, and motivation to the third purpose. Okay, what's our goal? What's our mission with the Ten Commandments? It's to broadcast who God is and what He's all about. But what's our method? What's the way we go about that? Well, it's to show our love for God by our love for others. That's the way we go about it. And what's our motivation? What drives us? What compels us? What motivates us? It's this, that we want to shine as a beacon of hope in a fallen world. Okay, so mission, method, and motivation. And that might be a little bit difficult to kind of understand, so I want to give you a quick practical uh, example from my own life, okay, of how this works, okay? So uh, many years ago, I was working a job, and my boss um, was, I, I, did, I did some stuff in, in my office that I thought I was supposed to do, but I guess I wasn't supposed to, and my boss got really mad at me, and uh, she, you know, she made life difficult for me, and, and a lo- she began to accuse me of doing a lot of things that I actually really didn't do, and, and, and thinking that I was like, doing stuff that was actually like harming like our company and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, this is not good. So, uh, which wasn't true, but at the same time, I wasn't quite doing my job just right. But either way, like it, it, was, a, it, was, a, it was a situation where I think her accusations were, not, were, were unwarranted. 
to, to a certain level. And so I had, a, I had a choice here. I could go into her office when she called me in, and as she starts you know, criticizing me for all these things, I could fight back. I could, I could argue back. But I, but I began to realize that's not what I want to do here. That's not what I want to do. Even though every fiber of my being wants to say, hey, this isn't right. I, I, you know, you're wrong here and stuff like that. What I wanted to do was I wanted to put into play the fifth commandment. Okay? I wanted to put the fifth commandment into play. What's the fifth commandment? Honor your father and mother, which really is just a way to say respect all of human authority. Okay? Respect all of human authority. And so my mission was to broadcast who God is and what he's all about. I wanted to say God is my ultimate authority by, by respecting human authority. And so that was my method of going about it. I respect human authority because I respect God's authority. And so, and my motivation behind all that was to shine hope on this problem that God can even work in my heart, even in this complicated moment, to say, hey, even though I feel like I'm being unjustly treated, God can actually change me and God can change you and God can reconcile our relationship together, even as hard and difficult as it is. And guess what? Because I walked in and I didn't argue and I didn't fight, I didn't quarrel, and I just took what she said and I said, thank you, I really appreciate that. There are some things I need to work on here. And even though I know I may, not, may be unjustly treated here, that's okay. I will just keep doing my job the way I need to do it because I respect your authority. That was the attitude I approached it with. And guess what? Guess what? That won her over. And she changed. She changed. And she became like my greatest advocate for years to come. And even to this day, like, she, like we still talk and she's like, she's like, I just think you're one of the greatest uh, people I've ever worked with and things like that. I'm like, wow, that's just crazy. So, but it's all because I remained cool under the pressure and said, I want to proclaim this commandment in a way that honors Jesus Christ. I want to proclaim that God is my ultimate authority, and I want to do that by, by uh, submitting to the human authority that God has placed over me. And hopefully, that's going to reconcile my relationships with people and show that God has a plan to reconcile all relationships in this world, okay? And so that's kind of how this works. There's a mission that we have, there's a method that we go about it with, and there's a motivation that drives it all. And that's our three purposes that we've looked at. And with that, let me close by reminding you of something, okay? Let me close by reminding you of something. I'm spending a lot of time telling you how the Ten Commandments work, what their purposes are, what they're all about. It's very abstract, and it's very theoretical, and I'm afraid you're going to miss something important here, okay? I'm afraid you're going to miss something important. The Ten Commandments are for Christians. They're for Christians. They're not for non-Christians. They're not for unbelievers. They were never designed for that. If you haven't repented of your sin, if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ, trying to live out the Ten Commandments is pointless. It's pointless. Because you're not actually doing what they're supposed to be doing. 
what you're trying to say is, well, I'm trying to earn God's favor by living out the Ten Commandments. You can't do that because you're a sinner. You're a sinner. You can't, earn God, you can't earn favor with God by doing good works. That's not how this is set up. Something has to pay for your sins no matter how many good works you do. And good works don't pay for it. There's only one thing that can pay for it. Death. Death. That's the only thing that pays for, sin, pays for your sin. So either one of two things is going to have to happen. Either you're going to have to die eternally for your sins, or Christ is going to have to be the one who died for you. That's the way it works. That's what we call the gospel. The gospel. And that's the most important part. In fact, when Jesus preached his first um, sermon, you know what his first sermon was? It wasn't the Sermon on the Mount. It wasn't. His first sermon was the gospel. It was the gospel. Mark 1.14, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the Ten Commandments, or sorry, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The Ten Commandments wasn't Jesus' first sermon. Doing good in this world wasn't Jesus' first sermon. It was the gospel. It was the gospel. And that's my number one prayer for you, that if you haven't believed in the gospel, this is where it begins for you. You must believe in Jesus Christ. You must believe that he died for your sins. He must save you. Deuteronomy 5, 6, what did it say? I have brought you out of Egypt. I have saved you. Therefore, now that you're saved, you can do the Ten Commandments. Now, Israel wasn't spiritually saved necessarily at that point, but that was the paradigm that was set up. Salvation must come first, then you can live out what God wants you to live out. Israel actually wasn't saved at that point, and that's why actually they never actually lived out the Ten Commandments. Even though they were required to, they never could. They never did. They couldn't do it because they weren't actually saved at the heart level. That's why, like, Jeremiah 31 talks about how God needs to give you a new heart. And Ezekiel 36 says God needs to put in you a new spirit. He's got to save you first. And then, as it says, then you can actually walk in my commandments and do what I say. That's my prayer for you. As we go through the Ten Commandments, don't think, okay, now I can just start living these out and God is going to be okay with me. Not so. Not so. This is something you do out of joy after you are saved because you want to proclaim this is who God is and you want to proclaim your love for God by your love for others and you want to shine as a beacon of hope in a fallen world. That's how this works. Then and only then will the Ten Commandments become more meaningful to you than they ever could. Okay, let's pray. Father, we do thank you for the Ten Commandments. But we realize, Lord, they're not everything. They're not. As 1 Timothy 1 even says, these Ten Commandments are designed to be in line with the gospel of the blessed God of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is pointing to the gospel. This is in line with and, and according to the gospel. Father, I pray that if there are, there are students in this room who haven't repented of their sins, Father, please break them 
of the sins that are inside of them and help them to turn to Christ and to see that the Ten Commandments are not just a bunch of rules to follow. They are communicating the greatness of our God and that you have a plan to save this world. And you've done so through Jesus Christ. And everything will be made right one day through him. So, Father, I pray that you would bring that kind of inspiration and motivation into each heart. And may we live it for you to the glory and honor of Jesus Christ. And it is in his name that we pray. Amen.